We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Burtzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. I've been here every single episode, um, except for last episode and like six other episodes. So uh, appreciation to uh, Dan and Nathan for holding down the fort there last week. Well, we tried we tried to swap Hassan in for good, but it just it wasn't working out logistically, and he was asking too much of a salary, so we just had to keep you on the cheap. One, one more, one more year deal. I mean, that was, uh, I heard that and I was editing the show and I went full Kyle's mom. I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am, I'm cheap and not good. So you can keep me on a pretty, I don't have any ego. No, I not didn't. at all. All right. Well, that is a, that's a riveting intro there. So let's go ahead and talk about what the show is going to be today. Uh, today we are going to talk uh, crowded and jumbled wide receiver cores, um, more specifically the Jaguars, Ravens, Broncos, and a couple other teams. Um, and then we are going to play Nathan's favorite game, 
drunk or not. Um, and that's a game where Nathan made a trade. He posts them. We talk about them. And Dan and myself decide, was he intoxicated when he made the trade? So um, always a fun one. And, uh, and then I, I hear you're bringing a Debbie or not to the table, Nathan. Yeah, Debbie or not. I've been teasing it on Twitter for a couple, a couple weeks. We've been wanting to do it. And then it just didn't fit on the last couple of shows. So bring it back, Debbie or not, for this week. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, um, I do want to let the listeners know that this episode of the Rotoviz uh, Dynasty Tradecast is brought to you by myffpc.com. And uh, also want to let you know that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also helps support this pod. Um, and you can contact us via email. That's rotovizradio at gmail.com. And as I heard Nathan say yesterday, we can slide into the, or last week, you can slide into those DMs at rotovizradio. I see you're stealing my reads, Nathan. I see you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and then, and then yes, Rotoviz and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us with the rest of the Rotoviz radio shows on the Rotoviz radio moniker. Uh, you can find each of our individual feeds as well. If you just search out the show, you could type in, oh, I don't know, in this case, Dynasty Tradecast, a Rotoviz fantasy football podcast. Um, and maybe it would pop up and you could subscribe. Five-star reviews, you know, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any of your favorite apps. So uh, make sure you subscribe and uh, leave us that rating and review. And with that being said, let's go ahead and start the show here. Uh, We have our first jumbled wide receiver core, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I will kick over to Dan. Wow. What an intro. Um First off, let me start by saying most of these aren't jumbled. They're just hideously awful. Uh, <laughs> Which is the same thing. The, the Jacksonville situation is definitely not uh, outside or exempt from that category. We know Blake Bortles is doo-doo. We know Jacksonville so is... <laughs> we know Jacksonville is a run... Jacksonville's a run first, run second, run third, and then potentially even run on fourth because you know their defense will get to stop anyways. So having a really bad wide receiver core with a bad quarterback on a run first offense and an elite defense really bodes well for fantasy production. Honestly, if we're, if we're going to go that route, um, we, we know that Bortles can, can support one just because of they've got to throw at some point. So I think, I think Marquise Lee is the guy to own here. They paid him. Uh, they've stuck with him. They're stuck by his side throughout thick and thin. Obviously, they brought in Moncrief, but that was more of a uh, what what he, they were they were testing the waters. I think on that one because that's just kind of what the what the going rate was in free agency, and maybe it's somebody that they liked. They may have liked him coming out. Uh, I think some of that regime's probably gone now in Jacksonville. But either way, you know they did pay him, so there is that. If there is yeah. a number two here, it's most likely Moncrief, but. I just don't know that the targets are going to honestly be there for any real volume. Anything beyond anything beyond um, Marquis Lee here is most likely just best ball fodder. Um, nice late round, you know, shots to to throw with your Keelan Coles, your DD Westbrooks. Uh, they wasted a second round pick on DJ Chark, so there's that. Disagree. Uh, yeah. All right. A lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, this is a jumble of I think five guys that could be NFL wide receiver twos in an NFL offense. 
not one of these guys should be suited to a wide receiver one position. And I to, to, to the point where I forgot about D.D. Westbrook when I was listing off the Jaguars wide receivers. So. How, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think for the most part, there's not going to be much fantasy relevancy because I think they're all going to take away from each other. Uh, it's going to be more so you'll see Marquise Lee getting uh, the, the bulk of the catches. You'll be seeing Moncrief get the bulk of the red zone targets. And then Shark, who they invested that, that second-round pick in, he's going to be getting those deep balls from Bortles. They might not be the prettiest deep balls you've seen in the NFL, but there will be deep balls thrown to DJ Chark this year. And it's one of the situations where it's it's not going to be fantasy production this year that you can really rely on. But it's, it's some nice best ball options in, in with Westbrook and Shark. Well, where let's talk valuations because um, I, I think I think I'm on board with that value that uh, that evaluation there, Nathan. I think that calling all of them wide receiver twos or slightly worse seems like exactly the right read here. So. Which one? I mean, I, I hear I hear Dan say Lee's coming out of the bunch. Um, I hear Nathan saying that Chark's going to have nice uh, best ball value. Um, who's if you had to put your money where your mouth is? Who's going to be the most productive wide receiver out of this group this year? Lee. Yeah, it's definitely Lee. I, I think relative to value, Keelan Cole's probably your next best play. Um, even though Moncrief, because of his his, if you want to call it draft capital from like 900 years ago or whenever he was drafted, was he in that 14 class that was elite? And he yeah. was like the one that wasn't. Um, well, I think that's that's that was not the take for like a year afterwards, though. Dan. Well, he was. I mean, most, on this show, he was. I remember him having more value than T.Y. Hilton, though. There was a lot of people that thought he was actually good. And he was for eight games or so um, when Andrew Luck was playing out of his mind and throwing it like 800 times. But even then, he was he was being used as a as the tight end, as a tight end there because they like to apparently use three in Indy. So I, I still think I still think it's just going to be Lee and the other guys will have their spots here and there. And, and like Nathan said, and like I said before, I think it's just a lot of best ball assets here, not necessarily high end best ball assets, but they'll be usable for sure. I mean, because it will be tough to start any of these guys on a week to week basis. Um, Maybe maybe I just have rookie fever, but I am excited about. I think Chart could be, if he develops nicely, could turn into into the the, the winner out of this group. Um, just draft capital alone as well. I know you hate him, Dan, but deal with it. It's not that I hate him. I just the, the second round pick was it threw me off. He's a one trick pony, and I, I honestly don't understand it. I actually like his athleticism. Yeah, I mean, unless he gets better in the NFL, like uh, like you know your favorite person, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> He's not quite on that level of athleticism, but he's no, decent. He, no, he's not on that level of athleticism, but just I mean, overdrafted. I, I do, I do. Yeah, I mean, and that might be true as well. But as Nathan says, I'll trust the team telling us the truth, and I think they're interested in putting him on the football field. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's been elite at, at getting wide receivers. So hey, Justin Blackman begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, so, so I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Pretty much everybody in that group worth a second round pick right now with maybe Keelan Cole being worth a little bit less. Anybody have an issue with that? I, it, it'd probably be like an early third for Moncrief, but yeah, pretty much. Okay, sure. But I mean, it's all right there, right? Yeah, for sure. So it, in a one QB league, they're all worth about a starting quarterback. All right, let's move on to the Ravens a situation. And um, that's a team that honestly is a bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, so they ended up with, uh, with, well, at least they don't have Ryan Grant. So that's positive for them. They didn't sign <laughs> that deal. 
but let's just read through the list here, and then I'll toss the toss to Nathan to give his take here. So Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Jordan Lasley, rookie, and Jaleel Scott, rookie. Where, um, what I guess what are what are our takes here, Nathan? Well, uh, I'm kind of making it known with my trade offers in my leagues, but the the Nate really dogs. The Nate Dog chips are going in on Mr. Lasley. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of realize how much you like a player in their profile after rookie drafts have happened. You're like, oh man, like now I got to go pay for this guy because I actually like him. I'm a big fan of Lasley looking at his production. Uh, 264 yards his last season at UCLA, 18.3 yards per catch. He went in the fifth round of the NFL draft. And he's basically going undrafted, maybe late fourth of, of rookie drafts. So I'm not actually going out and paying a bundle for him. I mean, the, the most expensive I paid in my, in my post rookie draft acquisition was I, I paid a second for Lasley and a third to Eric and Trey Kessler. But yeah, basically, I, actually, I, say, I actually did look at that and I'm like, I don't even know who this Lasley guy is. Cause it gets drafted <laughs> to my team. Like you, this is a league where we don't actually even have a draft. So I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Nathan can have him. I'll take the second. That's fine. I figured you had to have smashed except that. That that was smashed it, yes. Yeah. But then again, this is coming from the guy who found Tyreek Hill in the in the haystack. So I'm I was I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit nervous. And actually he also got Kenyon Drake to work out. Nathan actually scarily gets some stuff right when he when he really loves a guy. Yeah, two out of like six hundred is pretty good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um do you have anything more, Nathan? Were you just Um I mean uh, Lassie's the guy I'm wanting to acquire out of the group. I think that John Brown is the guy who probably has the best uh, fantasy value for this year. Interesting. I mean, what is the – because, I mean, Brown actually um, – I had one of my coworkers asking me what, he, what I thought John Brown's value was, and I was like, I have no idea right now. I guess, like, a late, late second or early third seemed like the right answer there. I think that's a little high. Do you? I mean, <laughs> yeah, is it, where is it? I mean, it's like late third. <laughs> wow. I was getting him on waiver wires yeah. for a little while. Wow, that's nuts. Um, yeah, honestly, super well, especially considering how he was used in, in Arizona. And and obviously, we we don't know about his health and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's a productive a productive wide receiver. And, and he I – mean, If he's able to stay on the field, yeah. Yeah, if he stays on the field, that's he's, he's going to probably be there, like Nathan said, that has their most fantasy value in that bunch. Uh, I think Crabtree short-term. I mean, they need to throw it in the red zone to someone. Uh, I don't see Hayden Hurst taking any of that work because he's horrendous. Mark Andrews could because he's actually a decent football player. Uh, Willie Snead doesn't scare me at all. Uh, it's it, this one's this one's probably the ugliest bunch of the yeah. bunch. This is like uh, the island of misbegotten toys right here. <laughs> this is like this is like other teams have squandered them, and the Ravens are like, well, I guess we'll give them a try, see if we can put the wheel back on, and. It, with the exception of Crabtree. Crabtree, I think, actually is a legitimate piece. Except for he's old as dirt. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're talking about production, he's going to give it to you. That, I mean, if, the, if we're talking about who's the most productive right now, and I mean, Crabtree's valuation is in the second round right now. So that's one of those things that like a second round pick for Crabtree, if you're a contender, seems like a pretty good move to me. Yeah, he's definitely your short term, your short term value here. The issue is Joe Flacco, and we know that Sorry, I mean, you, you did you misspell Lamar Jackson? <laughs> no, I, I said pronounce. the issue here is Joe Flacco. The non-issue <laughs> here is Lamar Jackson. We know we're going to get probably a full season of Joe Flacco. I mean, unless they go zero and twelve, is there really an opportunity we see Lamar Jackson this year? If yes. we do, then yes. fantastic. 
That's the shortest term memory ever. First round rookie quarterbacks always pressure. If they have like three bad games, the co- the coaching staff starts getting pressured to put them in. Well, let's hope so because Joe Flacco is miserable. He- I mean, I think he, I think he's gonna come. I think he's gonna find a way to get in. Unless Joe Flacco just goes for one of those like five TD games, like in the first three games, like he'll be. I think he's like not long for that role. Yeah. Best case scenario, he like pulls a hamstring where he's completely fine, but he's like, oh, you know what? I can probably just sit this one out. He'll still get paid. Lamar will help the Ravens win, and then we can actually see a little bit of some sort of fantasy production out of the Ravens outside of maybe like an RB3 season from Alex Collins. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, Alex Collins, we've talked about him. They gained some value there. Uh, Okay, Nathan, anything else on the Ravens? Anything? uh, I mean, Jordan Lasley, I think that that's – I mean, I actually asked you when I was – trying to comb the waiver wire of my league. I'm like, where, who was that guy you had, Nathan, as I was looking at the waiver wire and like, I didn't even remember his name after trading him to you. So, (laughs) Uh, but I I will give, I will give Nathan his due. If the guy's free, I'm going to go take a shot on him. Thanks to Nathan. There you go. And he's free right now. Helping the people. Yeah. Helping the people. All right. Um, Next, next team is the Broncos. Um, This is not such a dynasty wasteland as it is just, depending on where your team is, what you have to do. So um, this is Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton. Um, four guys that, I mean, DT and Sanders are both highly productive pieces. Sutton looks the piece of potentially a wide receiver one next year. Um, and Hamilton's an upside piece. So I don't know that this is like on the same level. This is, I guess, the the answer to jumbled, but I do think it works itself out in a year. I think that... DT and Sanders are both out of there next year. And then it's going to be Sutton and whoever they end up drafting next year to, to take the reins over. Yeah. I think of, of all of these jumbled wide receiver cores, this is the one that has the clearest picture of, okay, the first two guys are short term and the latter are the future. Um, I guess, but I'll, I'll go to Dan here. Is there any chance that Sutton squeaks his way into some consistent fantasy production or is he maybe just the random flash? Kind of the guy that gets like 30 catches for like 450 yards and a couple touchdowns. I think I think he'll be a little bit higher up than that. Uh, we we've seen Sanders and DT slow down a little bit as they've gotten a little bit older here. Uh, Sanders missing some games, DT not missing a ton of games, but still missing yeah. some, and just kind of always banged up. It seems putting goose eggs up on you sometimes. What's that? Thomas sometimes throwing a goose egg at you, which is horrible. Yeah, and it happens, but. You know, I think I think Sutton has a decent rookie year. I don't think he blows up rookie season, but I, I think he's maybe in that forty catch range, and he might have some decent touchdown production. It just kind of depends on how much they do with Case Keenum if they if they still think he can do what he did with the Vikings, uh, which I yeah. don't necessarily see. And sure. you know what? Maybe could be best thing for all all parties involved if they just throw a little Chad Kelly action in there. You know, start start just flinging it around. You know, throw <laughs> throw it sixty times a game. I don't know. I mean, and I think I think the I think the bigger issue in in Denver is the fact that their quarterback play is not going to sustain three wide receivers. If you had like, I think, I think if we had a situation like, um, like the Steelers were last year, we have big Ben, you could have somebody like Sutton emerge as like the Juju, the third, you know, in Juju Smith Schuster, something like that. I just don't think that the offense can sustain more than like 
one person having a game every single game. I, I think it's going to be either DT or Sanders, generally speaking, and maybe you have Sutton break out. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just come out guns blazing. They're trailing in every game, and they just haul the ball down the field, and they can support that. But I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to me like Sutton – but I, but I do love what Sutton has, and I think in a different situation, he would have the ability to really shine and would have the chance to be productive this year. I just I just think it's tough, but he's a solid play for playing the longer game next year if you're a rebuilding team. It's not even really that long of a game either because he's the nope. perfect replacement for DT. I mean, that, that fits the bill perfectly. Totally on board. Um, Nathan, anything else? Um, maybe, maybe if you want to talk about Sam, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a solid stash, but anyone who's expecting any sort of production year one from a day three guy like Hamilton, you're most likely going to be disappointed, especially when there's other guys on the depth chart. So Hamilton's a nice stash, but he's one of those guys who have to have tempered expectations in year one. And people are starting to I – mean, I'm seeing Hamilton kind of creep higher and higher in these rookie drafts. So, I mean, there's starting to be a little bit of love for him too. And the price, the price tag that he's going for, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of. So I'll uh, – I'll be passing unless he starts creeping comfortably back into like that middle to late third round area. All right, coming out of the Broncos there, let me tell you about our sponsor before we get into the next team, and that's the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. We tell them about, we tell you guys about them every week, and uh, they're, uh, they're one of our longtime sponsors of the show, and we love them. Uh, so the fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit uh, interest and budget, whether you like best ball or super flex or classic or dynasty. Uh, there's daily drafts with entry fees starting at just $35, um, and you can jump into a slow or live draft today. And uh, and as I mentioned earlier, if you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible I tell you every week. Not a single Dynasty league is folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. So don't miss your opportunity to play in a high-stakes Dynasty league uh, and enjoy the FFPC experience. So go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Okay, moving on to our next jumbled mess here. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this segment jumbled mess, Nathan. <laughs> That's what I think I'm going with. Um, and that is the Patriots. Um, we have, uh, and I'll just rattle off the names here: Jordan Matthews, Chris Hogan, uh, Mister Seven Eleven himself, Julian Edelman. And uh, and Malcolm Mitchell. I almost forgot Malcolm Mitchell's first name there. So that's how long it's been since we drafted him in the second round last year. Uh, so I guess I'll kick the Dan here first. What are we making of this situation? And do you want any piece of it? It's a sloppy mess per usual. It's just like the running back situation. Yep. You know, we last year we we could count on Brandon Cooks a little bit, and he had a solid season. Uh, it's still just kind of a next man up type of, of thing. I don't I don't know what Edelman's going to bring to the table. I don't know where he's at. I, I would assume he's going to be fully healthy, but slowing down nonetheless. Still, you know, the gritty, you know, the inside receiver. So someone's going to have to do it. I, I think I think my chips are going to be on the Jordan Matthews square. As much hate as he's gotten over the years, he's probably their most talented guy there right now. And obviously, and his like, low. yeah, his value is really low. I've I've come into quite a few shares this offseason just because he's been so cheap and his production profile is pretty phenomenal, even though he was kind of being force fed targets in Philly for, for a little while there. Um, he's still I mean, he's still a solid player and 
he fits in nicely what with what that offense likes to do. You know, obviously you're going to have Hogan doing a little bit on the outside and his value spike randomly over like the middle of the off season. Uh, and, but they didn't really add anybody outside of Jordan Matthews and, and Matthews isn't going to take Hogan's job because that's not where he plays. And, you know, I, I still have some love for Malcolm Mitchell. That one's kind of soured a little bit just because of the injury and, and they weren't really using him all that much even when yep. he was healthy. So that's kind of a tough spot for me. I think, I think if I'm buying in, I'm, I'm just kind of taking it slow with Jordan Matthews. And if I need, if I need an early season fill in or, or maybe just some, some kind of spotty flex um, from some flex points, I'm going to go with Edelman as a short-term guy and his value has been crazy cheap for somebody that scored the amount of points that he's scored. So he's like, he's like almost on the waiver wire. It's, it's like literally crazy that like, just take a shot on him. I mean, if if that connection shows back up between him and Brady, it's like you he's easily worth a second rounder once that starts happening. Yeah, if you're a contender, it's it's honestly free money. Well, but you can get him for a third or a fourth or a nickel or like your 306 when you're on the clock, you'll be like, "Oh, I'll take your Edelman and you can have <laughs> you can have Deshaun Hamilton here." Uh no, that's interesting. I mean, Hogan is my piece here. Uh, and I, th- I think I like him the most. Hogan was phenomenally good when he was on last year. Um, granted, he was injured in what from week eight on. Um, but looking at his stats, he had a run between week two and week five where he was scoring uh, over 15 fantasy points in a PPR every week. Um, and then he only had when he was active, he only had two games last season that he was under 10, 10 points. So I like I like him. I like Hogan a lot. And He's another guy that's basically free right now. And side on this one, uh, I think Matthews is the best value of this group, uh, mostly because it there's the there's one of those, one of those players where there's two schools of thought: either he's terrible and shouldn't be an NFL player, or he's a very good NFL player. So I'm more so on the very good NFL player side, and I think that he's going to um, probably not lead his team in targets. Probably, that's probably Edelman. But he's going to lead this uh, this team in targets that are like beyond the line of scrimmage. So uh, I'm 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 all aboard Matthews. Uh, if I can get him for you know early to mid second, I'm fine with that. Might even might even have to pay that that much. We'll see. I mean I I guess I'm going to go work with Jordan Matthews shopping shortly. Um, anyways, well, what's, uh, what would you give for Matthews? I mean, what like is where? Like two four range. I mean, I think his valuation is far more depressed than that. I think he's in the third. More third depressed round. than two of. Well, yeah. if I get a third for if I give him for a third, I'm gonna take, take him in every league. Then, yeah, um, I mean, I, I I don't know, maybe and maybe I'm just I mean, I haven't seen a ton of trades of them, but I I would be interested to see what that is. Maybe I'll post a trade right now that says the 301 or or Jordan Matthews. That's our right. homework for tonight. We gotta all go out and try to buy a Jordan Matthews share. Except for Eric, nice deal. <laughs> I mean, I don't I actually don't think he's bad. I just I didn't like him at his valuation last year. Um, but the value—I mean, if it's a third-round pick, the valuation sounds fine to me. Well, let's let's all let's all go out. We'll make a trade for Jordan Matthews, and we'll we'll report this next week. Best right. best deal wins a uh, well for you two an adult beverage, and I'll just take like a a fancy Lacroix or a, something. A YooHoo, you can have a YooHoo, Dan. There you go. All right, um, let's get back on the Patriots though. I think Mitchell—he needs an injury for Edelman, Hogan, or Jamat in order to be relevant. Um, and I think Edelman's that leads the team in targets. If he's healthy, so and does, that's he, why does he have another landing spot though? Like, is there is he like is his next spot going to matter? Or are we just assuming that Mitchell's basically done with the NFL? It depends on what his contract is with the second team. 
All right. Fair enough. I, I guess I can't disagree with that. Um, all right, let's move on unless you guys have anything else there. And let's talk about the Browns wide receiving core. Um, and that is Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, Antonio Callaway, and the GOAT himself, Nathan. I'll let you speak his name because I'm not worthy. <laughs> Je- Jeffrey Michael James. <laughs> is Michael really his middle name? I- I'm not sure. <laughs> I was say, that's amazing if you knew that. You should have just, you should have just said, yeah I, yeah, I know his middle name. <laughs> yep, no, it's not uh, but yeah, I mean, this is another one of those ones. that's like an up and coming uh, wide receiver class. And, and really I'd like a lot of pieces out of this. Um, unfortunately, Jeff Janice is not one of those pieces that I like. Uh, but I mean, Gordon is starting to grow on me again, like a fungus. He just grows on you and it just festers and you start <laughs> liking his value more and more as time goes on without him getting caught smoking pot and the fungus keeps growing and you start feeling happy until the whole bottom falls out. Uh, but yeah, Gordon, Gordon's starting to grow on me. Landry have always loved, and he should be, should be great with Tyrod. That should be a nice fit. And I assume Baker will be kind of the same way once he gets in, uh, Corey Coleman. I've, I like Corey Coleman as well, but, um, I don't think he's going to see quite as much action. I think that they have, I think there were trade rumors, even that they were trying to get rid of him during the draft. Um, and then Antonio Callaway is a high upside piece too, that, Hopefully, good Josh Gordon rubs off on there. So, no, I mean, those four pieces, I, I like a decent bit. And th- and none of their values are completely insane right now. So, I think it's just choosing which one to start on game day is going to be really frustrating. See, I, I mean, I don't think it will be in the short term. In the short term, I think it's Gordon and Landry, both guys you're going to be putting in your lineup. And until Coleman or Callaway show something, they're going to be relegated to your bench. Um, but, yeah, I, we've talked about it before. I think it needs to be. Uh, a second team for Corey Coleman to end up being fantasy relevant. Um, I talked about another podcast the other day. I have dreams of Corey Coleman getting traded to the Jets because I have Sam Darnold on a bunch of teams and he doesn't have any NFL wide receivers right now. So if he could add Corey Coleman, I'd be very happy. So Jets, I know you listen to all my podcasts, so uh, (laughs) please, please go get Corey Coleman. Is that a thing that Jets listen to every podcast? Is that why they're so bad? Is this what happens? <laughs> <laughs> that explains a whole lot. <laughs> let's 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 not slander Jermaine Curse like that, Nathan. All right, <laughs> give, give Jermaine Curse a little bit of credit. He's going to be solid this year. Um, I think I think Robbie this one's Anderson. yeah, and Robbie Anderson. I think this this situation's the least gross of them all, and I actually like like you, Eric. I like most of these yeah. guys. I have plenty of shares of each one of them. I think uh, Antonio Callaway is was a really nice a really nice draft pick by them. A uh, huge upside. Obviously, he's kind of an idiot off the field, but if they can get that stuff squared away, as they've kind of worked with Josh Gordon and stuck by his side throughout this whole process, and now I he seems was, like. Can I just say I think that was accidental that they stuck by him. I think it just happened to work out. Well, I mean, he was one time elite, so I think I think they were just kind of hoping still that that might still be the case. And and so yeah, I mean, you've got you've got Callaway, which is a big high upside play. I think Coleman still is a very talented player. It's just he's kind of stuck, and he's stuck behind two really good football players. And Jarvis Landry, uh, Josh Gordon are going to be high end dynasty assets. They're going to be high end best ball, you know, assets, redraft, anything. They're going to football. They're going to eat. They're going to eat. It's just kind of plain and simple, whether it's Tyrod or whether it's Baker, depending on what portion of the season we're talking about. I think, I think Landry 
and Tyrod, like you said, Eric, that's that's a match made in heaven. That that honestly couldn't get any better. The only thing that would make it better is if Josh Gordon wasn't there. So I I totally agree. I'm on board with that take, Dan. Yeah, I think I think the big thing here is that all of these guys, again, like you said, Eric, their values aren't crazy. I think all of these guys are buys right now. Well, even is, though we don't really have anything to go on with Coleman uh, or Callaway, really. I think I think Callaway is still you have to try, try to take a little bit earlier in your rookie draft so somebody else doesn't get him because he is going fast. But no one's paying second round or third round startup price for Jarvis Landry or Josh Gordon right now. And that's the thing is like, what is Josh Gordon's value? Because it is so in flux. I mean, it's what, a 108-ish right now? Is it later than that? It's all it's so it's so volatile. I I think I think I've seen trades from as as little as like one ten to as much as I just saw one. I don't know if it was in a Voxer thread or what. Uh, it was like Robert Woods one hundred eight and one twelve for Josh Gordon. Well, that's an everybody. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. no. I, as far as rookie eye for Gordon, I mean. I'd probably give up like the 107, 108 if it's if I'm willing to you know take on the risk of you know any moment he can be his last snap in the NFL. So, but he just has that ability, and and he may never. I mean, he's probably never going to return to the form where where he blew up like what is that four or five years ago at this point. But I think he can be a very solid like low end NFL wide receiver one. Yep i I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I mean this is this is one of those situations that weirdly looks nice for the Browns. Like just as real football and fantasy football, both look pretty good right now. Um, and Jeff Janis, we don't care about, right? Anybody care about Jeff no. Janis? No, no, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be a great gunner on special teams. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, I do want, before we go to our last team, I want to give everybody a quick update here. We've got 61 votes and the two twelve is beating Jordan Matthews in value right now. Wow. All right. All right. Just, Whoever, just, Throwing it out there. We're going to send trade offers. Whoever gets the best value, and it has to be done today or tomorrow before the pod gets posted, whatever. Whoever gets the best value wins wins a, uh, an adult beverage of their choice. Okay. Booked. Booked, booked, booked. Um, all right. And then, I, and then I have to have a team with Jordan Matthews on it, which is probably the unfortunate downside. But for beer, <laughs> I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll do anything. Uh, okay. The last team we have is another jumbled mess. And this is a team that drafted three wide receivers. So that's really great. Really great. Um, and that is the uh, Green Bay Packers. They uh, have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb already locked in. They got rid of Jordy. Um, and then they drafted uh, Jamon Moore. Uh, what is – I don't even know. What that Marquez Valdez Scantling. There it is. I'm like with a hyphen there is um, MVS and uh, and and uh, St. Brown as well. Um, and then they also have Jimmy Graham, uh, who is uh, – I, I believe Dan's going to agree with me, not going to be relevant. So let's um, – I guess I'll just kick to Dan first and – I mean, first off, is it any – is it is there anybody in this show that you care about other than Devontae Adams and Cobb? Um, I honestly think that that Moore is a perfect fill-in for what Jordy Nelson was. Now, I don't think he's going to have Jordy Nelson um, fantasy value, nor will he put up those types of points. But if he and Rodgers can get on that page, he, I mean, cut and dry. I mean, they're the same same type of guy, the same type of player. They're literally the same size. They're both 6'3", like 215. So, I mean, you draw those comparisons right off the bat. Athletically, they're pretty similar. 
obviously Jordy didn't test all that well back in the day, but you know, and, and Moore's kind of a little bit more freakish than than that. Um, but I honestly think he's of those three, and I think he might he and and uh, Valdez Scantling might be going close to the same time, and then you've yeah. got St. Brown going like two a round and a half earlier, which is just insanity considering he was the last one drafted of the three. Well, not any, not anymore. They're, they're kind of all going at exactly the same time now. I, okay, seen, I think I haven't seen a St. Brown go in the second round since like, I don't know, since like two weeks after the draft. Ugh, that's still pretty gnarly. And I, I actually liked St. Brown a good bit, but just because I didn't really like this overall class all that much. Uh, and Moore was one of those guys that I actually liked. And then he gets drafted first of this bunch to a team with the best quarterback of our generation. And you're and... like cheering and you're like, yes, he's going somewhere good. And then they just <laughs> right. keep drafting more wide receivers. Yeah. And you're like, you're no, getting, just, just keep adding them, you know, just fill you're it. Really you got to fill the roster it. spot somehow. Just carry 15 wide receivers. Who cares? Um, so, yeah, yeah obviously this is Adams Cobb with a, Big, big, big gap until you get to more. But I do believe that more is going to be relevant at some point. I just don't believe he'll be an elite asset like Jordy was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cobb is the interesting piece here. Um, and he's the guy that had a down le- down year last year, was going in. Uh, Nathan will correct me here. He was going in the second round of startups, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago. So um, he's he's had dynasty pedigree. Um, and clearly the community has believed in him. Um, but this is the guy who I think could make a comeback and has the relationship with uh, with Rodgers and, and could be a buy. Because what is, I mean, let's let's just go around the room. What is Randall Cobb's valuation right now? A high second, if even that? He's a guy that won't get moved because, like, people... Because Ryan McDonald has him in every league that we're in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, the, but the people who have Cobb are, are, are too far deep and don't want to sell because they're, they're afraid of losing the guy that ends up being, you know, Rogers number two target. Um, my interest in this backfield, I mean, not backfield, my interest in this wide receiver core, uh, Adams is the guy that I think has the, the most legitimate value. Like he, he's going to live up to his ADP of, you know, a second round startup pick. And, you know, he's a young wide receiver. He's connected to Aaron Rodgers, So definitely something I'm fine with investing in. And then out of the trio of wide receivers, um, I'm not drafting any of them. I don't think that, I mean, obviously, if it's a four-round rookie draft, I'm fine taking more and Scantling in the fourth round. But uh, I'm more interested in taking Valdez Scantling in, in waivers free agency. I've done a few times in a, in a few leagues where he just didn't get drafted. So I think he's fine as a waiver pickup. But my, my main – it's the boring thing to say, but the one I want in this, this wide receiver core is the one that's the highest, highest drafted. Which is Adams. Right. I mean, that's fair. I think, And I think that – I think that goes without saying that that's the person if you had to pick out of the group. But just valuation wise, is he is he the guy that you're like he? Because I think he's properly evaluated right now. Right, but I'm saying like the all the others are probably overvalued. Other than Cobb, Cobb's not overvalued. I mean, I mean, he's not overvalued, but I'm not I'm not excited about Cobb's future because I mean they just drafted three wide receivers and he could easily take a backseat to any of them. Man, I don't think any of those guys can touch copies. He's got what six, maybe seven straight seasons of double-digit points per game. Uh, that that doesn't just go away when you've got Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers' health is is what's most important here, but uh, he's he's still going to be relevant. I, I would expect anywhere between let's say twelve and fifteen points per game, just because they are going to be throwing it. That defense is atrocious. We still don't know what that what that um, running back 
group is going to do. Uh, some some weeks it seems like it's Jamal Williams. The next week it'll be Aaron Jones. I don't think Ty Montgomery is going to be the guy. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to be uh, like put per usual a high octane throwing offense. And and I think Cobb is going to be very relevant. I think he's going to have a huge value spike by about week five. And I think if you can get in and buy him now, you're just you're going to reap the benefits. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot else to say here. So that's been jumbled messes. Nathan, now it's time for us to play the game where you were you were intoxicated. <laughs> Drunk or not. Uh, I, do need, I need to invent a drop for that. And it's just like, I, you know what I need, we need to do is we need to get you wasted on a Saturday night. And I need to just get in a chat with you and just, just put it on record and see if I can get some great clips. Drunk, drunk or, or not. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's start drunk or not with our first one is going to be AJ Green. For Brandon Cooks. All of these trades, for what it's worth, happened in the month of April. Um, I'm going to say you were sober during this trade. I think you legitimately like Cooks better than Green, and you just wanted to do that deal. Uh, yeah, that's... Hmm, man, I don't know. That, that, one, that one smells a bit fishy. That one, that one smells like, yeah, hey, yeah, young guy, smash except on accident while your beer is sliding out of your hand or your uh, diet tequiza, whatever you're drinking. Uh, I, I think what is a one. diet tequiza? <laughs> <laughs> what what did, what did you just say? It's it's from a movie. I forget which one. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with drunk. And the answer is drunk. This no. was this was the day of the Brandon Cook trade, and someone had uh, put in, my, in a boxer chat, hey, I hate the Brandon Cook's landing spot. Someone sent me an offer. And I was like, oh, let's look at something. Oh, this matches up. So I sent the offer. Oh, God, I was like, oh, I guess he liked it. <laughs> That's the old effort. <laughs> Just throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, sent 25 pigs dollars in capitalist pigs for Laquan Treadwell. Those that don't know, capitalist pigs, that's basically a third round pick. It's a what pick? Third round pick. Um, man, I'm going to say not drunk again. I'm just going to play the odds. You haven't given up on Treadwell. I also think this is not drunk because $25 in that league is literally nothing. That's like someone, someone offering you a penny for an entire pack of gum. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a not drunk one. That's a smart, savvy Nathan move. Yes, it's sober, but the, what makes it a not savvy move is that there's 20 roster spots, so I'm gonna have to cut <laughs> Treadwell. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a sober one, just on the middle of the afternoon. Someone was like, "Hey, you want this Treadwell?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" I love so, how you you say middle of the afternoon like that's a disqualifier for you being <laughs> like. Um, I love that. That's I love that. That's there. Okay, uh, last one. The 101, a 2025 for John Ross. 113, a 19 first, a 19 second, a 20 21st, and a 20 22nd. <laughs> this is so drunk. This is this is classic drunk Nathan just mashing all the future picks in a trade. Oh man, I, I think that's sober Nathan smashing all of those picks in a trade. Just <laughs> and John Ross. He's he's been on a, a 19 first tangent as of late. That one that is one is probably first? Yep, Nathan wants it. <laughs> that one, 
that one's probably the biggest question mark of these so far. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to there's probably two drunk ones, but I'm going to say not drunk and I'm gonna let Eric have the point here. All right. So this one, it was kind of like the negotiations began as with the first drink was poured and the mailman, everyone's good friend mailman. He just wouldn't stop sending me offers and every single, <laughs> every single offer was an overpay, but I just didn't want to deal Barkley. I was like, no, I want to keep Barkley. No, I want to keep Barkley. So I just, eventually I just said, okay, this is the most ridiculous amount of stuff for you to give me. I'll take this, okay? If you want this deal to be done, give me all of this stuff. That was Seinfeld, right? Yes. How drunk were you? I mean, not too drunk. I mean, it was probably like, like six beers. I think we each get a half point for that one. No, no, we do not. No, we do not. I win. No, it's a half drunk. Six? Okay, whatever. <sighs> Anyways, all right, we, we're running long, and we're still going to try and get Devi or not, so here we go. Devi or not. Here we come. We're going to talk about some Devies and some '90s sitcoms. I like how Nathan does every drop and, and like sings every single one of the drops. <laughs> I just need to record those and drop them in, and he doesn't have to do it, or just like lay them on top of each other. Also, yeah, what, are the, I, what are the odds he actually knows any of these characters from '90s sitcoms? So this is this is how I did it to make it more difficult. I I made it so they had to be characters that I had never heard of. But because you never you never heard of AC Slater, this ought to be really easy. But no, they had to be characters I had never heard of, and on shows that I have heard of or watched. So okay, and then what is the reason we chose this, Nathan? Why are we choosing '90s? Oh, um, because Roseanne was canceled today. (laughs) All right, right. sorry, just wanted to tell the audience. I mean, you 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 didn't even want to talk politics, but I'm not. That's that's not politics. It's just hilarious. All right, here we go. Uh, first one, Kevin Capello, Debbie or not? Go ahead, Eric. Um, I'm going not Debbie. I am also going not Debbie. Dan, do you know who it is? I have an idea, but I honestly know. He's from all that. Yeah, that's Kevin that sounds. Yeah, I hold on. I'm looking it up now. That's definitely you're definitely right. It was either it was either a, a, a really good show and someone that just wasn't really featured on it, or it was a 2021 quarterback. Those are the two options. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how far did you scroll down to get Kevin? There he is, Kevin Capello. He was the right. old dude. Apparently, he's a bald dude on all that. Wow. All right, go ahead. Next one, Tyler Petit. Uh, go ahead. I I believe it's Pettit, and that's Debbie. All right, I'm going to go ahead, and he sounds confident. I'll follow him. And I guess he's more confident than me because I didn't know who he was, but he's a USC tight end as people were ranking for 2019 draft class. So, yep, uh, that is a Debbie. So, so far, I think Eric has two points. Yeah, we both have two points. We both, both have two points. I'm not doing a very good job of fooling you guys. Nope. All right. Uh, next one is going to be Brian Lewerke. The who's he, whaty? Brian the worky. The worky or low La, la worky. <laughs> um, uh, all right, I guess I'll I guess I'll go TV show. Yeah, that's 
that that just doesn't seem like a football player name. Might, is it like are, are we counting like offensive guards or something? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with not Debbie. Oh no, we lost. I are, I'm cheating now, and I'm looking. We lost. He's the Michigan State quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm like, I'm literally searching. I'm like, what show is he on? Oh yeah. I'm like, shit. It says it says Michigan State at the top of the search. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stop cheating. Um, Next one is don't cheat afterwards, Nathan. Next one is going to be Dylan McKay. All right. I'm I'm going TV show this time. Split answer. I'm gonna go Debbie, even though I think it's the TV show. Ship it, Nathan. Ship it to Daddy. Nine zero two one zero. Yeah. Oh Dylan. yeah. No. Damn it. <laughs> I actually know that one. Now you think nine zero two one zero? You didn't know well enough. Ship ship the nickels. Are we out of Devi players? All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Eric won the uh, run the game. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> nope. We've got we've got a couple more here. Uh, all right. Oh, let's right. let's finish up. We got two more. First one. Rich Hulky. That sounds like someone we should be following on Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say, Davy. Mm, I'm gonna say TV show because you you you're not just gonna alternate down the list. I'll go TV show. And it is step by step. Yes. So it is not. Oh. I think right, that locks it up for Daddy. This one's worth three points. No, no, no. Gonna make it oh. interesting. All right. All right. All right, worth a billion points because the points don't matter. Uh, <laughs> is this whose line is it anyway? Yes, exactly. Are you Drew Carey? All right, I think Dan will get this one, but here we go. Uh, Terry Godwin. Pass. I mean, if Dan's going to get it, then it's not a 90 show, so it's a Debbie. <laughs> like, for <laughs> I, sure. I realize I gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's not I'm, – I'm nearly positive you're not, you're not trusting his prowess on 90s television shows. I was almost 100% that was going to be Debbie anyways, and then he does Terry Godwin, <laughs> which I'm guessing three-quarters of our listeners know. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then Dan passes, so this was all – an easy game. Congratulations, uh, Eric. Thanks. Uh, it's a victory for me. Uh, I do know my '90s television shows, so very good, Nathan. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps up the show um, for Nathan, Dan, and myself. We want you to go check out um, the ratings and reviews, and leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. It helps listeners find the show, and we tell you every time at the end of the show that it helps us out. Also, go check out our sponsor, myffbc.com. Um, and on that note, for Nathan, Dan, and myself, we outie. Until next week. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. 
This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub, drink, and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community.